Welcome to the Getting Mental podcast. Today's episode is with Taylor, and we speak about everything from conspiracy theories and the noise going around about you know what that's going on in the world, and about her life, about her journey, about some of my journey, about social media, and a bunch of other stuff as well. Enjoy. And if you like it, please like it on YouTube. If you want to hear more, please follow. That is all for now. Enjoy the show. You do events and, and what other stuff do you do for those that, that don't know you or would like to get to know you more? What do you, what do, you do and what are you about? So I do a few different things. I do coaching, so I help people with their mindset and confidence and routines and habits and law of attraction and all of that kind of stuff. So it's quite a holistic approach to just, I guess, up-leveling and getting into you know, a, a more positive place in your life. Um, I do run events. So I run circles that are mainly based around um, meditation and I would say the more mystical side of things. Um, but it's also science-based as well. Like we do explain the law of attraction and the science behind energy and why all of this kind of stuff works. Um, and then, yeah, I've just started up doing some workshops where I get other guest facilitators in and they speak and they, um, you know, facilitate whatever it is, like an ecstatic dance or a breath work or Beautiful. sound healing or whatever. And I'm, yeah, really excited to keep diving into that and host conscious networking parties for the community to come together and show off their art, whatever it is. Um, I think deep down I am just a creative and you know, I don't really fit into a box. I'm just doing a bunch of random different things. I can see the creative in a lot of people. And um, I have a passion as well for bringing people together and just like co-creating in whatever art possible. So our last event was a rap event, which I wanted yeah. you to come to. And yeah, like all those people, all the rappers that performed at that event were like people, cool people that I've met in the community so it's just so beautiful to see everyone come together and, you know, have watched these people get up on stage, some of them for the first time and perform their art. You know, a crowd of like like-minded conscious people who are just there to support them and uplift them. And yeah, so that's really exciting stuff as well. That's yeah. awesome. And how did you get to where you are now? Like what led you to, to doing what you're doing? Life. <laughs> <laughs> And so, yeah, I was actually saying this to, who was I saying it to the other day? One of my friends, I forget who, but how, um, yeah, like I've just changed so much, so much throughout my journey. Like yeah. it's funny now about all this mystical, like woo-woo stuff. But if you spoke to me five years ago, I literally would have laughed in your face. Like <laughs> if you said anything about star signs or energy or even God or anything like that, I would have just been like, I do not have time. Like get out of my face. Um, but yeah, just the journey of my own development has led me here. So I was quite depressed and insecure growing up. So I got bullied in school and I grew up with just the typical insecurities. I was very depressed, very anxious, very shy. Um, and yeah, that led me down a pretty dark road where, yeah, I used to like self-harm and stuff like that. And then yeah, got into a bunch of different addictions like smoking weed, alcohol, um, you know, binge eating, binge watching TV, pretty much binging anything that I could to take me away from my life. Um, it was very unhealthy in all aspects of life. I didn't see any hope. I thought anyone who told me that they were happy, I thought they were just faking it. I didn't, like, actually believe that happiness was a real thing that someone could feel because it was something that I just had, like could not tap into and then you know something I've learned throughout my journey is that I everything is happens in divine timing and everything happens for a reason and everything guides you to 
a better place. Um, and yeah, it was like crazy. I was telling my friends the other day this as well that I was super unhealthy. I was like binge eating so much junk food. Like I literally think I didn't drink water for an entire year. Like that's how unhealthy I was. I just drank wow. drink or cordial or anything that basically wasn't water. Like water was non-existent in my reality. And eventually I had an infected tumor inside my gallbladder and your gallbladder is the part of your body that actually processes fatty foods. So I had to go to the hospital and I got my gallbladder removed at 19 years old. Um, and it's funny, like it's such a vain thing, but during that process, I lost about seven kilos. And just before that, I was, I was never like overweight, but I, around that time in my life, like 18 to 19, that was probably like my heaviest and unhealthiest. Um, and after the surgery, I lost yeah, about seven kilos and super vain, but I liked the way that I looked without seven kilos. Mm. And that was the only reason I decided to join the gym. So I joined a gym uh, to maintain that loss of seven kilos. And divinely, I uh, had a session with the personal trainer at that gym who ended up being my boyfriend for the next three years. And wow. he was bodybuilder like gym junkie super into health like didn't eat any junk food or anything like that so my life just went 180 and I became obsessed with the gym I became obsessed with eating healthy completely transformed my body got into a place of discipline uh, routine I started to respect myself more my body and then yeah basically since then it's just been an uphill journey getting into self-development um, which led me into mindfulness and meditation, which has obviously now led me down like the more spiritual path and like energy work and stuff like that. And yeah, it's, it's been a journey for sure. Wow. That's beautiful. And um, mm. go, going back to the, the start of all that, do you think you, so you said it's divine and, and, and things happen, you know, all for a reason kind of thing. Do you, do you know why, you were a shy, was it just your personality? Do you know why you were a shy kid? Was it your circumstances growing up or was there a particular reason why you felt the way you felt? Was it just, just happened? No, no, it didn't just happen. So I was really young. So before seven years old, I was very confident, loud. I mm. was very extroverted, similar to kind of what I am now, like very bright. Yeah. I loved people, very girly. Um, all that kind of stuff, loved talking to people, telling people what was going on in my mind. And um, in when I was seven years old, I changed schools. So in year two, I became the new kid at a new school. And that's when everything went weird because I was used to, I don't know, it's almost like I was used to um that reality of me just being this confident person I didn't have to really try to make friends you know I had my cousins and my family and everything busy and then when I went to this new school no one really made any effort to come and like be my friend so I I guess I expected that so I didn't make any effort to be anyone's friend and I just started to become very withdrawn and I would sit by myself at lunch and yeah, that's, I just became scared and I kind of like lost that confidence within me. And then um, I had to get glasses in year three and I had these like round green nerdy glasses. And then I kind of stepped into that kind of nerdy, shy, uh, introverted, awkward role. And then I started getting bullied and yeah, I saw some of the photos you had on Instagram. There was, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was you and you were like you dressed emo. You were in emo clothing. Is that what it was? Oh yeah, yeah, sure. That was like more towards the end of high school. Right, because I went I, through a similar thing as well. I was, <laughs> um, when I was 13, 14, You know, I was very, very similar story to yours, almost parallel in a way, but obviously different. Um, wow. and I um. 
I started listening to bands like My Chemical Romance and Panic at Disco, (laughs) Fall Out Boy and all those kind of ones. And um, (laughs) I've never told anyone this actually, but I'll I'll share it. It was, um, so my mate, you know, not far from where I'm living right now, used to live in the the caravan park and we, we used to um, skateboard and and listen to My Chemical Romance and all these bands and everything. And there's a factory next to the, the caravan park and we went to the factory and we listen to this music in like, I don't know, it was our earphones or on our phones or, you know, you know, everyone's used to share songs on Bluetooth back yeah. in the day. It's like, show me your songs. I think we're doing that. And we got the skateboards we're like, yeah, it's like some lyric playing. And then we smashed into each other in the skateboards. Oh my God. And, like, and then I thought, I know, I was, I was just thinking to myself, like, why do we do that for? That was so silly. But that was my little emo phase. It lasted for about maybe three or four months and then kind of went away. So. Wow. So that was a really quick one for you. Yeah. I mean, the whole dressing that way and, and the music wasn't, I love the music still to this day. Um, yeah. I love all music. It's I'm obsessed with music, but um, for the most part, the kind of the way that I act was that, um, you know, the way I dress up more like it was that emo stage, but the emotions around it, you know, they persisted up until I was mm. up until, you know, three or four years ago, probably. Um, you know, we all have our moments, but for the most part, you know, I had really bad social anxiety, like mm. crippling social anxiety. And when I was younger, maybe up until about maybe eight or nine, maybe 10. And, you know, as when you think about it as an adult, you look back on your life and things are different to how they probably actually were. But how I'm looking at now, I was, I was a young kid who was very defiant um, always wanting to push people's buttons and kind of test things out and see what my limits were as you do as a kid anyway, but more so for me. And then, um, you know, I kind of got like bullied a bit and kind of started to, sh- to shift myself as well. And, and kind of went into my shell a bit more. And, uh, I remember blushing in front of people and just feeling so nervous all the time. Um, so I can, I can relate to your story for sure. Mm. Yeah. Wow. It's, um, I know what you mean by like, when you say as an adult, you look back and, you know, you tend to wonder if those memories that we have are how we actually remember them or if that's just how, you know, we've identified with it and, you know, the story that we kind of stuck with, like, I think about that all the time, you know, but that's just part of stepping out of that victim mentality that we had. Yeah. I mean, for me, there's. I think the, the memories that you have that is so significant and so big, they make mm. they, they stand out more than the, the small things that happen that perhaps were happy and fulfilling, um, like the blushing and that kind of stuff. I remember a few memories, but for the most part, I, th- I think, um, you know, my childhood was quite good, but I just remember the things that were kind of a bit negative because that's just the way humans are. We sometimes remember the things that are bad, um, but there's lots of good things. And, um, yeah, it's just those those small memories that make up, you know, the story that you tell yourself, which I which is why I think it's so important to always look at those things, which is um to question the stories that you have about yourself and and to remember that you can choose, like you said, your RAS, your reticular activation system. So that's a, a huge distinction. Yeah, definitely. And it all happens for a reason as well, doesn't it? Like if we didn't go through all of that, then we wouldn't have learned the tools that we have now to be the people that we are now. So that's like kind of what I meant as well by everything is divine. Like I definitely know that I was meant to go through all of that growing up and it's made me the person I am now. And so I'm very grateful for all of that stuff that I went through. And um, it makes me more accepting of things that still come up, you know, because we're all human and struggles are always going to be part of the journey. So it just makes you a little bit more accepting of them and understanding of them when they come up now. Yeah, it's something very interesting before that stood out to me about the astrology thing. You know, you said a couple of years ago, if someone said that to you, you would have laughed and been like, whatever, what are you talking about? Um, yeah. It's so, it's so good that you say that because you know, if we, if we don't change our mind on stuff and see things differently and, you know, question things that we question, things that we hold beliefs that we have, you know, like you said, with astrology, um, we're doomed to just repeat the same thing. 
And, you know, for, for me, like I growing up as a teen in early twenties, I'd always be very skeptical. And I still am to these days of, you know, of religion and of mystical things and those kind of things. And I've had my fair share of mystical experiences, but I've always questioned it. It's like, okay, what am I missing? You know, where am I wrong? Because we can all be wrong about stuff. And the sooner we realize that, um, what's that old saying? It's like, uh, pretend like someone knows something that, pretend someone knows something that you don't know at all times. Um, That's huge. And the same thing with astrology. I'm like, I don't know if I believe it or not. Kind of feels, and it's not about believing or not. I think now that I'm realizing this, it's not just about believing. It's actually about just opening space for the possibility of it and using the tools that, that it holds, right? Definitely. Yeah. You've got to be able to be fluid and change and let go of, you know, your beliefs and what you think is right or wrong and how, or how things need to be. Mm. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck in the same place forever. And that's not fun. <laughs> not at all. And do you, when you're coaching people, do you see that a lot? Do you see people held in the same place by the beliefs that they hold? Yeah, of course. Definitely. That's, yeah, like I always say, like, I feel like a lot of the time the most powerful thing that people get out of coaching isn't actually, you know, being told what to do or to change anything tangibly that they're doing in their day-to-day life. I mean, of course, all of that is super powerful, like changing your habits and your routines and all of that kind of stuff. But a lot of the time it's just understanding Mm. The, the simplest kind of laws of nature, like understanding that not everything is permanent, that it can't be permanent, nothing is permanent, you know, everything is always changing and you have to be okay with change and, you know, to not attach onto ways of being so much because it's just, it's just impossible to stay in a certain place forever. Th- things have to evolve and things have to change and that's, the only permanent thing really that we see mm. is change. Mm. The concept and, of permanence is huge. Yeah. And is, so when, when you're doing your coaching and when you're running people through, you know, the shifts they need to go through, do, are you find that people are, are, is it very hard for them to take themselves from the belief they have to the belief they want? I suppose that's the job of coaching, right? But do, are people very resistant to the idea of that? Because for me, I don't, I don't get coaching, right? And I've seen you post on your Instagram about how important it is. And mm. I guess what I'm, I'm doing right now is I'm willing to be convinced of how important, co- how important coaching is. Mm. Um, yeah, of course, every, everyone has that resistance towards it. But another thing is, is also teaching people that things take time and only take it step by step and you're not actually going to even learn this thing overnight like I can tell you that this is a thing and I can make you aware of something but it's not going to change overnight and it's just reminding them that you know it is going to take time and you're probably going to fail you know like I always say like you know now you're aware of this thing and you can do your best to notice it and you know maybe try something else when it comes up but Mm. inevitably you're going to do this thing over and over and over and over and over but the magic is in those moments where you realize which is maybe one in a hundred times where you go oh I'm doing that thing right now I'm going to maybe do it this way and then that's when the change happens that's the power that's the magic Mm. and then do it you know the wrong way another hundred times but then the magic again is when you just you remember and you go oh yeah this thing so yeah I find like with coaching it's it's really just the littlest things that make the biggest difference it's just those little mindset shifts yeah it's breaking the habit of being yourself as Joe Spencer says you know you gotta keep breaking that that pattern right and um I think a, a huge pattern, another thing that, that you're posting about on, on Instagram, um, you know, is taking time off social media on the weekend, you know, mm. breaking the pattern of being addicted to social media in a, in a, in a way. Right. 
And I was actually thinking of you when I was reading this book here. It's called The, the Shallows, right? It talks about the, the effects that the internet and, you know, social media and pretty much anything to do with technology for the most part is affecting the way that we think and affecting the way that we interact. Um, and one of the really interesting things it said in there, which, you know, I'm going through a process of right now is with social media, we're detaching and from technology, not all of it, right. But some of it excessive use that is we are detaching from deep thinking and deep thinking is a precursor to compassion and empathy. Mm. You know, compassion and empathy is a process that you go through. It's not something that you always feel straight away, but mm. if we are so immersed in technology and always looking at our phone, always checking the time, like we all do this in Western cultures, then how can we think deeply? And by thinking deeply, how can we have compassion and empathy? Um, so I've been going through a process myself of speaking about breaking the pattern of pretty much and it's so hard right you're addicted to this way of being but every morning when i wake up you know i've been doing this for a long time but it's getting easier and easier now not looking at my phone you know laying in bed and just taking it slow getting up yeah. um, meditating and then you're know, reading a book a physical book and going through the process of introspection and contemplation and learning again to think deeply, you know, like I started journaling again for the first time and I, I wrote for a whole page and didn't get bored. Right. And these things are so huge, but I thought it was just really important to mention because mm. um, I think that's a, a pattern break. We all need to have is the, the break mm. and the pattern of breaking technology. Yeah. I think with everything, like, you know, there's, it, there's nothing is bad. Nothing is bad, but about you know understanding what it's doing to you being aware of it and then realizing if it's a bit out of balance doing what like having enough self-respect and then doing what you need to do to get yourself back into balance like social media is amazing you know it's how we know each other like without it I wouldn't know this I wouldn't know half the people that I know well I know people all over the world like it's amazing it's incredible people can make money from all over the world they don't have to work physical jobs like it's incredible but there's this other side to it just like with any addiction you mm. know you can smoke a bit of weed it's fine but if you're smoking weed every single day all day and it's stopping you from having social interactions or it's making you feel paranoid or you're getting lazy or you're overeating, well, then that's when it becomes an issue and you need to fix it. But it's not actually the weed that's the issue. And it's the same with social media. So, yeah, I think it's like it's very, very important. And the thing is with social media, it's pretty huge because everyone's on it. So everyone kind of has this addiction. You know, not everyone, not everyone drinks, whatever. But social media is like you, this is a thing. This is like modern day. This has taken over globally. Everyone at social media mm. designed so just perfectly to absorb people in it. And it's scary. Like it's to the point now where people, they don't do anything other than their basic things that they need to do. Get up, you know, have a shower, brush your teeth, eat breakfast, have a coffee, go to work, whatever. But it's like people don't do things for themselves anymore because why would they? they just go on social media and scroll and they're just in this like alternate reality. It's crazy. So many people don't have hobbies, don't do anything creative. They don't do anything outside of like just that staple box and then they're getting sucked into this you know, way of thinking and being and like compare, comparing themselves to others. And it's just, yeah, so really, really powerful, I think, to set boundaries with social media and just be present and get back, like get connected to yourself and get back like connected to nature and fine as well with creativity and manifesting and all of that kind of stuff when you're stuck in that like autopilot loop of like get up do your routine go on social media go to work whatever check your phone you're just on autopilot like there's no space in your day 
for to have any ideas. You don't have ideas. You don't have Correct. inspiration or, you know, any sense of creativity or desire to do anything outside of the box because you're just running on like autopilot. Huge. And this book said something similar and to tap into what you said about nature, people who they got two groups of people and I'm paraphrasing here, but the point remains you got two groups of people. One set of people um, did a test and they had to remember certain things on that test. And the other group did the same thing. The first group went for a walk in the forest, right? And they went for a walk into, it's like a park or a forest, something like that. The other group um, just lived their regular life and they were in like a capital city. They came back and the people that took a walk through the forest had higher retention of the things on the test and did better in the test. And it was saying that people who spend time consumed in loud environments and loud, uh, you know, social media and all those things and technology have a harder time retaining things and holding on to things right doesn't doesn't allow us to think deeply about things anymore and people are on autopilot and that's something that um with with your posts and with your stories i've noticed taylor you're you do very well you're very objective in the way that you represent your stories and what i mean by that is you know I, i see so much division on social media right so many people having a strong idea about particular things and it's and I get it as well because when you're on social media, it's so hard to to not bite, you know, and not be like, I'm gonna say something to this person or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you're posting questions on there, which you've been doing the last week or so, or even longer, but it's when I've seen it. And these questions are quite political in some ways, you know, about about the V dash A C C I and E. <laughs> and you're making pretty objective. Like I don't actually know what your your beliefs are on those, and which is I think people don't know. What I think, but I'm kind of okay with that. <laughs> yeah, sim- similar for me. Like my my inner circle knows very well what my beliefs are, but on social media, at least I hope, I like, yeah. I want to I want to be ambiguous about those kind of things because there's two reasons, and which you know about as well. You know, if you post stuff that's political, you're gonna get pushed back, whether you agree on that or not. It's that's just the way it is. I mean, from social media itself, from you know Instagram, Facebook, but also on top of that as well. You don't need that stuff on there. That's like they say, don't discuss politics on social media. It just doesn't make sense. It does, but doesn't. So it's, it's a kind of a plus and yeah. And what I've found is cause like, this is a new thing for me, not being political on social media. This is mm-hmm. like evolved Taylor, yeah. you know, I've gone through a lot in the last year with COVID and all this stuff. Um, but I've gotten very deep in, you know, the political side of things and speaking up and feeling like I need to do my part and I need to, you know, tell my opinion so that I can help the cause or whatever it is. But what I've found is that it actually does the opposite of what you're trying to do because, you know, and I posted a video on this the other day on my YouTube channel, um, about you know you were saying before about division and you know so what we're fighting for when it comes to any topic of politics any cause that we're trying to fight for is what we're trying to fight for peace unity freedom happiness yes happy everyone's happy humans rights equality all this kind of stuff but then we're coming out there and we're saying, no, this is the way to be. You're and wrong. You're wrong. What happens when we say this is the way to be? We're mm-hmm. saying you're wrong and I'm right. And that that in itself is going completely against what we're trying to fight for. And this took me a really long time to learn. Um, so I'm actually really grateful for everything that's you know going on in the world right now because it has taught me a shitload of compassion. And what I've realized as well is like I might have an opinion, but there's someone who has the complete opposite opinion to me, who is such a beautiful person. Like they're at the like they're so cool, they're smart, they're intelligent, they're aware, they're conscious, they're loving. You know, I love this this person, metaphorical person. But they believe 
something completely opposite to me. So if I'm putting out this message that this is the right thing and that way of thinking is wrong, I'm hurting that person. I'm making them feel triggered. I'm making them feel upset. I'm making them feel like they can't come to me, like they need to pretend like there's someone else. And that's something that's just made me very uncomfortable with all of this stuff going on because I don't want that. I don't want to be separated from people right now. I want us to be in this together and, you know, be united and all of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I've really learned to try my best to be as, like, neutral on things as possible right now. I mean, I still hold, obviously, my own beliefs on certain things but I try my best not to judge other people for what they believe. And I try to have compassion and empathy and understanding for why they believe. Yeah, that's beautiful. I, I find that what, what change really is, is when it starts from within and real change comes with compassion and empathy attached on the back of it. You can't really change and then not have compassion for the thing that you change from. Right. So whether or not you believe that your way of being and your way of operating in the world is the optimum uh, way to be, if you don't see who you were previously as you, because that is you, it's like, um, you know, with this whole anti-pro, you know, vaccine stuff, it's like there were, there's points in your life where you've changed your mind about things, but you <laughs> didn't do it when you're being scrutinized, did you? You know, it's the same thing with how people eat and the foods they consume, you know, like there's been times in my life where I would smash alcohol, smash weed, smash drugs, smash all this stuff. Um, And, you know, I had to shift from that because it wasn't healthy for me anymore. But when I see someone who's drinking and getting drunk and, and, and doing it because they felt socially anxious or whatever, there's nothing but compassion because I was that person. And some days I still am. Um, So like you said, change doesn't come from pointing at someone and saying you're doing something wrong. It comes from saying, Hey, like, here's a way of doing it that I, that works for me. And this is why I do it. If you would like to talk about it, I'm here. And that's all you can do. I mean, yeah, you can only do your best to live in alignment with your higher self and the rest follows you know, if people want to be influenced by that, they will. And if they don't want to, if they're not ready, or maybe they never will, then that's also fine. It's not, you know, your responsibility to change every person's mind on this planet. It's just not possible. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and with this lockdown stuff going as well, there's all the, all the protests and everything and, yeah, it's, it's very contentious. And I saw so much stuff on, you know, Facebook and, and again, social media, we've spoken about it a lot. Um, people just shaming other people for doing something, mm. you know? And mm-hmm. I just, I thought to myself when that happened, I'm like, imagine if they, they brought it up, but they did it in such a way that was more kind and caring. Mm. And again, if someone's not kind and caring, you have compassion for them. It's just not what they're doing. And, you know, just because someone should be kind and compassionate doesn't mean that we can't be kind and compassionate to someone that's not kind and compassionate. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, what are, what are your thoughts on all this stuff going on? If you'd like to share. Um, with the COVID stuff? Yeah. If you, don't, you don't have to share if you don't want to, but I would love to hear. Um, look, I, I'm trying to be as neutral as possible on everything um i stay away from all types of fear-mongering so the mainstream media i don't i do not touch i've seen with my own eyes that what's on mainstream media is blatant lies like it's not even like they slightly sway the truth i'm talking like lies straight fucking lies and it's disgusting and I do not like support the mainstream media at all but what I've also learned through getting super deep into you know the other side of stuff and getting down the rabbit hole all that kind of stuff you know like I've been to the protests I've been to many protests I've held up the signs I've yelled like I've done all of that kind of stuff and I've been in that world 
you know, the conspiracist side of things. Um, and what I've learned through being so deep on that side is that there's just as bad lies and fear-mongering yes. about that side of the stuff. So yep. stay away from anything that's propaganda. You know, I really, what I've come to is I listen to my gut, my intuition. I actually don't absorb any information. Like I got, I'm part of telegram groups and things and people send me videos and Same. stuff. And I just like, I do not, like, I just don't want to know. Like I hear things from people and I choose to take in what feels right. But I mainly just listen to my gut. And yeah, look, I think, and this is might sound a bit woo-woo, but I, I you've heard of like the age of Aquarius. I've heard of it, but I have no idea what it is. So basically it's got to do with like the planet going through um just like a huge evolution and uh, like the, so the overall state of consciousness kind of upgrading. So it's happened um, thousands of times throughout the history of the planet where there's been, you know, societies that were living in different ways, like maybe their brains weren't as evolved or whatever, or spiritually they weren't as evolved. And then throughout time and history, they become more evolved, you know, like you think back to ancient Egypt and some of the stuff, you know, how the hell they built that stuff. Sometimes you think how, like where, how did humans mm. build? They don't have the science or the machinery today to build some of the stuff that they built, you know, 9,000 BC or whatever it was. So throughout history, there's been different kinds of civilizations that have lived on this planet. And so right now what they say is that we're going through one of those shifts in um, consciousness mm -hmm. where basically like we're going through an upgrade and um, the state of humanity will be at a higher um, frequency. So I do, believe, I do believe that. I do think that we are upgrading as a society and I think that's just also like my way of coping because I'm like yeah we're upgrading that's <laughs> fun but what happens with you know with the, all the universal laws of nature even through like the framework of our own body mm. is in order to upgrade we need to struggle for a little bit we need to go through pain you know just like us growing up we needed to go through that struggle and that pain and the hardship and the lessons and then we blossom it's like mm. a butterfly come out with this whole new like evolved um person so I think that right now like as a collective we are going through like a purge moment where we're just getting tested like crazy we're getting mm. tested. people are learning different all sorts of things and they're waking up in their own ways and um, you know, I think it's really easy to focus on the negatives and some of the stuff that's going on does scare the absolute shit out of me. I just think what the hell is going on? Like, this is just crazy, like, does not make sense to me, but I just try and have that faith and hope that, you know, I mean, I know myself throughout the last two years of lockdown, I have spiritually evolved so much, you know, even just with having compassion for people I've evolved so much throughout this so I think you know if I've evolved this much in the last two years imagine you know who else is evolving on the planet and what will be like after this tangible things like mm. the lockdown and all this stuff starts to die down I think we as a society will be um, in a better place I hope <laughs> Yeah, me too. And that sounds like a, a beautiful way to see it all. And mm. um, I completely resonate with you with, you know, mainstream media being over here and then uh, conspiracy theories being over here. What I, what I would slightly disagree with, though, I don't think all of mainstream media is wrong. I don't think all of conspiracies are wrong. I think it's somewhere in the middle. Um. But the, the thing is, once you're on one side, it's very hard to, to see the other side because you're in that bubble, Yeah. right? You're inside of that 
that realm of thinking where it's kind of like it builds on itself. It slowly over time becomes more conspiratorial. And what, what was that? You identify with it. Yeah. And correct. And you see people who have, and, and, you know, I'm one of them as well. I've gone deep in the rabbit hole since I was 17 and I'll, I'll tell you something that happened recently that really shifted for me, but I, I see it. I see people go deep into it and they're believing in things that if someone from the outside, who was just a normal person heard make no sense, but it takes time to get to that. Cause it's, just, it's a progressive desensitization to that point. Same thing with mainstream media and complete trust in um, a particular state or particular government. You know, you eventually have one thing that you believe and then you build up from there. So I completely resonate with those two sides there. And just recently, that last, it was about three weeks ago. I, um, yeah, I, I went deep, deeper into the rabbit hole of what people would call quote unquote conspiracy theories, right? When I say conspiracy theories, I mean something outside of the mainstream, right? Mm. And, you know, with all this vaccine passport stuff going on and et cetera, et cetera. I don't know if me saying this is going to make me censored on this or whatever, but it is what it is. Um, and I started to dig into it, like the law around it and, you know, the stories around it, conspiracies, whatever. And it got to a point where I'm just like, well, what, what the, what the fuck's the point? You know, like why, if all this bad stuff's happening in the world, you know, what's the point of me continuing to pursue my goals and my visions and my dreams and my desires and, and have mm. all this beautiful stuff that I want to aim towards. It's like, there isn't a point anymore, you know, and not, not like in a, like a suicidal way. I mean, there's just no point as in, I don't want to keep aiming for stuff. I'm just going to just be normal. If that makes sense for, for lack of better words. And I went through that for a few days, just like this, this darkness, this despair, this sadness of, of the things going on in the world. And it just, put me in this weird place. And, you know, I started to think to myself, it's like, if, if this is happening, if this bad stuff's happening, is it happening right now? It's like, not really, but you need to be ready for it. It's like, but it's not happening right now. Mm. So you have a choice. You can choose to engage in this stuff right now. And if this bad stuff's happening, you're going to live the rest of your life in fear Mm. or you're going to live the rest of your life and when that eventually does happen, if it's going to happen, you've lived a happy life up to that point. And so I decided, and, you know, I went through three or four days of intense, like just despair. That's the words despair, right? I got like these really bad migraines and it's just in a horrible place. And I decided that I'm not going to engage in that anymore, you know, and, and even if I'm missing out on what the truth might be, because I have this voracious desire to know the truth, quote mm-hmm. unquote, right? I'm going to not engage in those conversations anymore. And I, I took a step back and those links that get sent through of like people you don't even know. It's like, see this video or like sign this petition, do this, do this. Yeah. I'll look at it, but I'll see it's objective. You know, it's like, this is just one perspective and mm. it might be the truth, but what is the most important truth is to protect my energy and protect my emotions and to live in alignment with what makes me feel uh, good. I don't mean good in, you know, at the expense of others. I mean, good in the sense that it's protecting my own heart. Um, so that's been my story for the last couple of weeks, but. Wow. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Look, and you have to go through that to realize that, you know, pretty beautiful. Cause that's so true. Like, you know, all those teachers like Eckhart Tolle and, you know, Joe Dispenza and all these spiritual teachers and even mindset teachers, they always say like, live in the present mm-hmm. don't worry about the future doesn't exist why would you why are you putting yourself in the future and worrying and creating anxiety and fear around something that doesn't even exist right now like all that exists is right now so that's all you have to focus on no one's coming at you right now and handcuffing you and making you do anything that you don't necessarily want to so why do we need to worry so much about that when it's not here. And to add to that as well, I mean, conspiracies and, and tyranny and all these things have been happening since the beginning of time. It doesn't make them okay, but it does make it quite normal in the sense that, you know, people talk about all these things happening as if it's a new thing mm. going on in the world and that there's someone plotting against in the background. It's like, 
maybe there is and maybe there isn't. But at the end of the day, this stuff's been going on since the beginning of, of humanity. And, 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 and the best way for people to help, for us to help, is to be in alignment and be in the present moment. Because ironically, it's like a ripple effect. You know, your presence and your alignment and your love, your compassion creates a ripple effect to all those around you. And we think yeah. that people at the top are the people that are going to be the ones that are uh, never get impacted by that compassion, but they will, you know, because when you decide to love, despite all the chaos going in the world, you impact the people around you and that spreads. Yeah. It's well, energy is like is contagious and it spreads. So I think definitely like the biggest lesson out of all of this is just is really realizing that. And it's, it's really cool to see how many people are actually like having these revelations within themselves and realizing this. And I think that's like growth, you know, like here we are freaking out about what's going on on the planet, but like, look at us here evolving and becoming more compassionate beings and, becoming more loving and accepting and forgiving and you know even just the the idea of like being at peace with what's going on because there's always going to be stuff going on whether it's on a world on a global level or even just in the framework of our own body and our own mind there's always shit going on so I think it's a huge lesson to be able to just go where we wait everything's fine I'm good you know, I can be positive. I can focus on, you know, the good stuff in the world and I can I can feel okay. There's no need for me to, you know, put so much focus on the outside and what's going wrong because then we're just steeping, stooping back into, like, victim mentality and blaming external things for the way that we feel when really it's it's not external things that, make us feel any sort of way it's always ourselves like we always have the control to get ourselves back into like a place of positivity and happiness and, and alignment so and what would you say to someone that isn't in that you know say for example you're when you were younger and you're in that dark state um of course things turn out how they did but if you met someone that was going to the same thing that you were uh, the pain and the suffering, the shyness, the, you know, the anger, whatever it might've been, what kind of advice would you give to someone like that? If any. Look, I don't think we can give advice to people who aren't ready to hear it. You know, I know for myself, when I was going through that, I got a lot of advice from people telling me what to do, what they thought I should do or how I should think positive things as well. Like, my mom used to try and get me to meditate. She wanted me to. Wow. Because, yeah. Like, and I remember like, there's a literally a video of me on my brother's Instagram where you can hear in the background, my mom saying to me, like, you know, Taylor, you should do a little bit of meditation. It makes you feel really good. It's like good for your mind. And I'm literally in the background, like, why would I do that? Like, do you think I'm You're an idiot? <laughs> why would I like, what? that's a waste of time. I'm going to sit down, close my eyes and, like, no. And that's just because I wasn't ready. And I needed, like, my higher self knew that I needed to go through all of that to become the person I am now. So, and I've really, really learned as well. Like, there's something, obviously, like, I'm a coach. I love telling people what to do. It's my absolute mm. favorite. It's like being like, I can see this thing in you that you need to do better. I feel amazing. I can see that in people. But what I've learned, um, is just really not to give people advice and to actually just be there for them. Listen, really listen and try not to give like actual tangible advice and just be a safe space for them and hope that, you know, they will get to, they will learn what they need to learn on their own. And, you know, if, if they need advice from me, they can actually come and ask. Yeah, I think as well, being a coach, you know, the reason some people are drawn to coaching is because they get value or they feel value, valued from uh, offering advice. Um, so it's also the work of the coach to be able to step out of that. Um, and 
if you offer advice so willy-nilly, then it almost reaffirms um, victimhood. It's like, I'm someone who needs advice from someone. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I feel like what coaching should be or what, what, it, what it optimally could be is a place for people to come to uh, share and to express and to communicate, um, not to be helped, but to be held and to be to walk through the fire of life with love and compassion. Yes, and just be reminded that, you know, they're on the right path, they're doing the right things, it's going to take time, you know, you're perfect the way that you are, not to, you know, think too far in the future and because when you think, you know, you have this idea of what you want to be or how you think you should be, all that does is put you in a lack mentality because you're not there now. So it is really just about like staying grounded and being happy in the moment and just understanding that you're on the path. That's awesome. Is there, is there anything that you would like to, to share with everyone? Is there something, uh, a quote or a, a memory or anything that you'd like to share that you'd like to be remembered by or anything? Oh, I would just say good luck. <laughs> Good luck because this is it's an interesting time, you know, being human on this planet, it's it's very interesting. It's there's a lot of just crazy things going on. There's lots of ups and downs and just surrender and have fun. Like don't take it so seriously, you know. Just do whatever feels good and um trust the process, like trust that you are on the path and you're exactly where you need to be right now. And don't put too much pressure on yourself. Don't be too hard on yourself. Don't put too much pressure on the future and just take it step by step and have fun. <laughs> just have a good old time. Beautiful. Love it. Well, thanks for joining and um, let's do it again soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Getting Mental podcast. If you've listened this far, I assume that you'd like the show so far. If you would like to support this channel, please follow, please give it a share, please give it a like, and I'll keep making these episodes for you guys. Wishing you guys all the best. See you guys soon.